Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Shoot me. This is Penn Sunday School And to our listening ears All angels sings and round us rings The music of the streets Here we go Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly, and this week, baseball has changed so many of its rules to see if more people would watch it. The question is, will Penn ever watch a baseball game? Have you heard about any of these rule changes, Penn? I read about it. Okay, are you in? Are you ready to sit down and watch it? What more changes? You more rule changes. Okay, fair enough. Here he is, preaching the love, Penn Gillette. Preaching love. I gotta tell you, you know, um, there was a coin convention, the Newsmixmatics Newsmixmatics Society. Yes, uh, which my father was a proud member for, um, I guess, his entire adult life. They gave him awards and stuff. They had a meeting in uh, Houston, Texas, and uh, my mom, my dad, and I, our summer vacations would be driving to the Newsmixmatics convention, and then there would be a week or so convention. We drive somewhere in three days, four days. It sounds we, like an 80s band, the new Mismatics. <laughs> <laughs> then we would have a week convention, and then we would um, we'd then drive back. Although when it was in San Diego, I think we flew, which was a very, very big deal. But I drove to Miami with my parents. I drove to Atlanta with my parents, and I drove to Houston with my parents. This is coming to your question. Okay, good. And um, they would have things... For wives and children. At that time, this is, you know, uh, well, this would have been the 60s. I would have been would have been 67. I would have been 12. And um, they would have things for the men, you know, the dealer's room and the speeches and the lectures and all that stuff that my dad would go to. Uh-huh. And then uh, my mom and I would have the women and children events. And that would be a trip to the zoo on a bus or maybe a, a, some sort of show. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any shows, but maybe something like that, and, or a trip to a historic site. And one of the trips was to the Astrodome. Oh, the, the Astrodome Houston, was new. Houston Astrodome. I don't know when the Astrodome was built, but like mid-60s. It was brand new. Okay. And we had a trip to the Astrodome that I was very, very excited about. We went there, and I remember them saying, and they showed us around the whole Astrodome, mm-hmm. Remember the guide saying it had its own weather system. 1965. And sometime there were clouds in the Astrodome. <laughs> I just thought, they've built a building so big, there are clouds. I've never been in a building with clouds. That sounds like a, a boxing promoter was behind this. <laughs> <laughs> brought, in, brought in for the PR team. So then there was a baseball game with the Houston Astros against somebody. Yeah. And that was also on the women and children's events. My mother said, want to go to the baseball game? And I said, well, no. And she said, how can I be with a 12-year-old boy and I'm an old lady and I want to go to the baseball game and my son doesn't? <laughs> so against my will, because there was shit all else to do in, De- in Houston, Texas, yeah, we went to the baseball game. And that baseball game, was the only baseball game I'd ever gone to. Mm-hmm. I had no interest in it. And I didn't go again until Lauren Michaels said to me, do you want to go to a baseball game with me and Paul Simon? And I said, no. <laughs> and he said, no, you want to go to a baseball like, game. This is almost like the Elvis story. Yeah. <laughs> I understand, you know, maybe you do, you don't want to fuck Elvis, but the story of fucking Elvis is too important. And I said, uh, no, I I don't want to go to the game. And he said, this is business. And I said, if it's business, let's do it in your office. (laughs) And he said, no, we're going to a baseball game. 
So I went to a baseball game, had a wonderful time with Paul Simon, had a very weird time, very weird time with Lauren Michaels, <laughs> which I won't talk about here. And then he did stuff like I was his date. He like bought me a baseball and like bought me a t-shirt. And, oh, weird. And then he like went out and got me a hot dog and and we talked for, you know. Here, you start on the end. I'll start on the end. Yeah. <laughs> Three hours. <laughs> How long is the baseball game? Uh, well, now that you bring it up. That's the point of the rules. That's, the that's what I'm getting rules. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long was a baseball game? It was probably a little longer than it is right now, but not as long as it was last year. I see. It was getting longer and longer each year, the average game. I see, because the pitchers were taking too long. Yeah, because basically what was happening is that in the playoffs, there was no rules on timing. In the playoffs, people would spend a lot more time getting ready for pitches, and then the more people got paid uh big money to hit a baseball the more they stepped out of the box and touched a lot of different pieces of equipment on their body before they stepped back into the box. Mm -hmm. And so basically the pageantry of baseball was becoming laborious. Now is that the pageantry or is that the nervous habits? Nervous habits and I think watching other people's nervous habits on large scale. So playoff baseball would slow down tremendously and no one cared because it's the playoffs is important and then that bled into the regular season game. I see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where, we, where we should move it along because we're Doing 180, 162 of these things. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I was there with Paul Simon. And, yeah. Uh, and I didn't pay any attention whatsoever to the game. Yeah. And then I took my... Um, it was getting to the point where going to a baseball game live was almost like you would... Well, you, you won't relate to any of this. Um, but uh, I guess, no, like a day at the museum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> where you just kind of go... You just commit. You're going for the day. And the game is happening around you, but you're really there almost picnicking. You're almost there just to have an afternoon. Yeah, we did that once sun. with Goudot. Yeah. We went to see what they call the Area 51s. Yes. With my children. Yeah, yeah. And my children's interest in baseball, I would have thought this was impossible. Yeah. But their interest in baseball was less than mine. <laughs> no interest whatsoever. Yeah. I didn't even look toward the field. Yeah, with uh, I, I was not a big baseball uh, fan either. That's why the two games I played at stadiums where you pick two arbitrary points for people walking by and you have to count to 10 and you have to say which one you would fuck. And if you didn't say one by the 10th, you had to fuck the 10th person. That was mm -hmm. the visual joke That's we just made. like waiting. Um, if you're trying to decide on a secretary yeah. or a wife yeah. or anything, yeah. you go to, you want, you go to the first 37%. Mm-hmm. You do not even consider using them. Uh -huh. And then after that, you take the first best one. <laughs> okay. That's the, that's, that's the, the optimum way. That's awesome. the optimum way to make a decision. Ah. So the first 37, you're gathering information, 37%. Yeah. So if you have a hundred people coming in for a job, yeah. first 37, you learn what the group's going to be like. Mm -hmm. And the first one after that, that's better than the first 37% you, you take. You grab. Yeah. That seems good. Seems fair. That's if you can't go back. Yeah. No, that's, that's built in there. So for your game, that's what you'd want to do. Yeah. In your 10 seconds, first almost four seconds. Yeah. You yeah. just see what's going by. First four, yeah. First three or four people. Yeah. And then as soon as anyone beats that, that's good. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's how you win the who I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> uh, the that's, way a good, you, that's a way to be at a baseball stadium and not watch baseball at all. The real, the real way to win the who you're going to fuck game yeah. is to make sure it's only in your head because otherwise you go to prison for the rest oh, of the Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, it should be clear. It's just about busting each other's chops and not really about actually doing anything. Yeah. Uh, if that wasn't clear before. I was sitting on the boardwalk with a uh, woman friend of mine. Yeah. We were playing that same game, which is trade up. Yeah, As yeah. people walk by on the boardwalk in Atlantic City, you pick who you find attractive. Yeah. And then you pick a person that you think is more attractive and you keep trading up. <laughs> and what you find out is if you, you're not allowed to go back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you end up going, wait a minute. The one I had like five minutes ago was better. How'd I end up here? <laughs> so we were playing that game on the boardwalk. Yeah. And she said, oh, I'm trading up to him. And it was one of our crew guys. And she was so embarrassed. <laughs> Even though only I knew, she got very Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other one is I play, uh, we call it Chenga Chenga because you used to play with coins, but you played it with dollars because of inflation. Mm -hmm. um, but you put a dollar in the cup. And this is good because you don't care if you don't care which team wins. If you're in a minor league baseball game, you don't care about who mm -hmm. wins. 
It's just about who, who, whoever scores a hit on the scoreboard, you keep the money in the cup and you keep passing the cup. You put a dollar in every time you get the cup. So if you were there with Lauren Michaels, he put a dollar in the cup for you as <laughs> uh, <laughs> you pass it around. And then if the team gets a hit, you get all the money? You get all the money in the cup, yeah. And that is a really fun way to get through a game where you don't care about who wins or loses. But none of that I could play with my children when I brought them uh, to a, their first baseball game. None of them you should play with your children. <laughs> Correct. And then- Because uh, you know, your son gets to be 14 and owes you $20,000. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right. There was like a, a, you know, whatever, a hit and someone's running on the bases. And then my kids turned to me and were like, so what happens? How does this happen over here? And I go, oh my God, I've taken my kids to a baseball game and I never explained to them the rules of baseball at all. And I assumed that someone taught them it in, in like phys ed. Or have you like ever, that. have you ever had Piff explain cricket to you? <laughs> no. Piff played cricket. Really? Piff loves cricket. Oh, I didn't know that. And Piff was a... By his own report, yeah, fairly good cricket player. And when he explains the rules of cricket, yeah, it really sounds like he's doing a bit. <laughs> and he swore to me he wasn't. He uses words that aren't words. <laughs> he then says lists of things you're trying to do that you wouldn't be trying to do. Yeah. He uses words like, you know, whack the wicket and run to, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And, and then the games can go on. This is the thing. Everyone can kind of grasp a little bit of the rules of cricket until you explain how long the game is. Then every American is like, what? I'm out. How long does it go? Sometimes they can go for like eight hours. Or sometimes they go for like days. And I don't know why. Because I've asked a thousand people this question. They've answered it each time perfectly. Now, and it won't stay in my brain. You, like, you, what? you listen to the first 37%. <laughs> first 370 people. <laughs> Talk to Piff. He'll he'll clear it up. Yeah, he explained yeah. everything to me. I understood it perfectly. I can't tell you one thing about it. I bet Piff would have been a good juggler. He's got a pretty good He's hand eye. He's a juggler. Eye. He does juggle. He does juggle. There you go. So I knew it. You jugglers in your hand eye. I was playing pickleball. I play pickleball with uh, all the circus freaks from Spiegel World. Mm -hmm. And I was, I've, I've been playing a while now. And I've even taken lessons and stuff. I've gotten okay at it. You're taking lessons in pickleball? I took a lesson. Pickleball yeah. is just tennis, right? No. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's ping pong and tennis combined in a goofy way. Mm -hmm. It's, it's specifically designed for that so unathletic people can compete with athletic people, which is why I play. Oh, it's made. So it's, there's enough chance in there. That yeah. 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 The rules make it so you're, you're kind of just confined to a place where even, even slower people can do okay. I see. It's hard to gain an, a huge advantage, but I was playing. Well, you took lessons. Yeah. Cause I want to get better at it. Well, but you just contradicted yourself. That's true. I'm saying, uh, fair enough, fair enough. And I'm playing against this this juggler, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm trying to do all the do all the things I've learned. And this person's just kicking my ass. And then afterward, he's like, "How, how long have you been playing?" I was like, "Oh, about you know eight months, I think." How long have you been playing? It was, oh, this is my this is my second day. <laughs> I was like, "Fucking jugglers! They can just hit anything. <laughs> they can do anything. Kick anything past them. It's so." I was uh, I was uh, reprimanded. Yeah. We were shooting a commercial. Yeah. And um, uh, it was in New York City. Mm -hmm. It was in the early 90s. Yeah. You know, I like to practice stuff, hand-eye. Yeah. So it was really boring, the com commercial, which means I was doing it with Teller. And he was, you know, moving chairs around. Or <laughs> you know, you've been there. It's exasperating. No, I know, but <laughs> as someone who just failed an ATT where I didn't advocate for myself, I thought, maybe I should have been more teller than Penn in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> well, Piff says the only reason I'm Penn is because I have teller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to do any of that stuff because teller does. I think that's true. So teller was overdoing shit. I was standing in the corner, and there was a pencil. Yeah. And there was this cam <laughs> that was about 10 feet away. And there was a PA working there. Yeah. I says, 20 bucks says, I can throw this pencil out of that can, make it stay before you can. And uh, he gave it a try. I gave it a try. Bink, right in there. <laughs> said, 20 bucks. I said, double or nothing? He said, double or nothing. <laughs> I went first. I went, went right in. I said, you got a chance to match it. Not a chance. I said, okay, uh, double or nothing. And a producer came over 
and grabbed me and was angry <laughs> and said to me, you've just taken most of that young man's salary for his entire day's work. When you are making orders of magnitude more than him, you've just taken his money. And I said, okay, I won't take any more. <laughs> and he said, no, call the bet off. And I said, no, that would be disrespectful to him. So it turned into a big argument and I didn't get my $40 and I'm still bitter about it. I mean, I know this to be true because the last, uh, 10, 15 minutes of a Penn Teller rehearsal this week was you and Robbie trying to throw a kernel into the crack in the state. Trying to drop a, <laughs> a, a popcorn kernel yeah. into a drill hole in the stage, only a little bigger than the popcorn kernel. Oh, from, I know the drill hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You uh, know the drill hole, sure. <laughs> uh, Robbie and I are always doing stuff like that. And Robbie went through with nothing but net. Yeah. It was so beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. Teller was still trying to finish out rehearsal. Was still asking questions like to the air, mm -hmm. hoping people would chime in and get the last bit of good work done mm -hmm. in the last 10 minutes of rehearsal. And you and Robbie were just playing that kernel game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Robbie even came in the next night with kernels that he cleaned off because he thought the other ones were too greasy and were sticking to our fingers. <laughs> I love that. I hear you. I, I remember... I had a job uh, at this office space in New York. I basically just had to like paint walls and destroy furniture and rebuild office furniture as they moved different companies in and out of this marketing firm. That was my office grunt. Mm. As I always say, if you want to be invisible to attractive people in suits, just put some paint on your clothing and it's, it's a, <laughs> becomes a, an immediate cloak. <laughs> you can walk like a ninja through office spaces. One of our claims, we found like this souvenir bat. You know, like no bigger than your forearm, right? Little mm -hmm. Yankees bat. Lauren Michaels bought that for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so we figured out if we wad up a piece of painter's tape, we could, in a room we were painting, pitch and, and, and swing a baseball. And within minutes, we figured out what would count as a single, double, or triple home run, all that mm -hmm. stuff, and pitch and stuff like that. And sure enough, like for like weeks, it like took over our lives. We were playing competitive paint tape baseball in different rooms we were painting until our manager finally was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Uh, well, the passing zone, the passing zone is probably the best example of this. Yeah. Because the passing zone, we're working on Sin City Spectacular. Mm -hmm. And John was sitting in a run room yeah. and Owen walked by. And I forgot what they did. It was something like, they hadn't planned it. Yeah. He just had like a piece of trash. Yeah. Like a soda can or something. Yeah. And Owen was walking by and John just threw it and Owen like caught it behind his back. <laughs> and everybody was really impressed. And then they said, because this is the juggler part. Yeah. They said, let's do it again. <laughs> and then we sat there while they tried another 30 times till they hit it again. <laughs> That's what jugglers do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. If I was if I was working on a crew and you started saying, I bet I could hit this pencil that I can on the first try, I would have been like, are you a juggler? And I would have said yes. And I'd be like, do not bet this man any money. <laughs> well, that's what they tried to do. <laughs> and this guy thought he was um, young yeah. PA. Yeah. And this was, and this, remember, this is 30 years ago. Yeah. This is an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have no trouble beating him. Uh, did the clean off kernels work better? Uh, they have a better release. <laughs> so they did. Were you, did you find you improved or is Robbie still better at the current uh, Robbie has done it twice. I've done it none. Okay. It's a really it's hard thing. Hard. But Robbie tried it much many more times than I did. <laughs> I will say in fairness. <laughs> right. Of course. I believe it's exasperating for anybody around us, especially Teller. <laughs> I believe Teller finds it exasperating. I think that's what I love about 45 years of working together is that Teller looked back and knew. He didn't protest. He didn't roll his eyes. He didn't look at, <laughs> he didn't look to me for support. He just looked. He's like, oh, I guess rehearsal is over. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> um, there are things Teller does that are exasperating. Oh. <laughs> 
right? Uh, Matt Donnelly. Yes. Looking for a perfect gift for mom, dad, or another loved one? Uh, you know I am. You know you know what the perfect gift is? Have you heard? You know Skylight Frames. I love Skylight Frames. You bought one. I just, yeah. I, and I, I email, I still email the email that comes with the frame. I email my dad's frame all the time to well, this why day. You, why don't you say what Skylight Frame I is? I want to say years ago, I bought him a Skylight Frame. Originally, it's because we were separated because of the, the world circumstances. Mm -hmm. He couldn't be around us at Christmas. I, said, I bought him a skylight frame, told he's got six children. I said, that's all. Send him our Christmas mornings and mm -hmm. photos of Christmas morning and fill up his skylight frame. And then we, we did that and then we haven't stopped. So all of his children send him pictures of their families all the time. And we live all over the world and he gets to see pictures from all over the world. And Mother's all the Day time. and Father's Day are coming up. And yeah. You cannot do better than this for a present. It's really a perfect, perfect present. They'll absolutely love it. Skylight Digital Photo Frame is a wonderful, meaningful gift that will give you a great way to stay in touch with those you love. It's perfect for a Mother's or Father's Day gift. It's simple and fun to use, even if you're not tech savvy. No app or subscription required to send photos anytime, anywhere. Now, Matt, how hard was it to set up? Uh, my father did it. No his help. Own. On his own. Boom. Set how long to up. take him? Minutes. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a great, great gift. And get this. You may not even know this because the chances you'd have to use this are almost zero. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your skylight frame, they'll offer you a full refund. Preload it with your favorite photos for a special Mother's or Father's Day gift. Surprise them with photos they didn't even know you had. Just fabulous. Now, as a special office in time for Mother's Day and Father's Day, get 10% off. That's up to $30. There's two sizes now, you know. Oh, nice. Up, up to $30, uh, $30 off your purchase um, of a frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash pen. That's right. To get 10% off, up to $30 off your purchase of a skylight frame, just go to skylightframe.com slash pen. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash P-E-N-N. But it's a frame that sits in your uh, in your loved one's home, and everybody can send pictures to them. Yeah. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? <laughs> Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. So the new bits went in. Yeah, so you put uh, Haystack in? Yep, went very well. We have a problem with Haystack. Uh-oh. I have to pick someone for Haystack. This is an audience member problem. Yes. Who says they have a good memory, that they'll, mem they'll remember two things. So I asked that yeah, yeah, and yeah. people raised their hands and the number of people that raise their hands for, I have a good memory are of course, not the number of people that have a good memory. Yeah. It's the number of people that have a good memory plus want to go on stage. Yeah. So my choices are usually two people, right? Oh, three people. That's it. That's fine. That's yeah, no yeah. problem, but I can't see them really clearly. Right. Yeah. So, um, two of the three nights we've done it. Um, my really, uh, this was not me choosing, but my major choice, my couple of choice that I could see best, uh, two nights were attractive women. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem like that's a problem. Right. And both of them were great, great, great people to have on stage and they did the task perfectly, but they have to go up a ladder to drop the, um, needle in the needle the in, the, in the, into the haystack. And, um. That you'd think, oh, geez, both of them had six-inch heels, and we're sending them many stairs up a ladder. And we were like, oh, geez, oh, geez. 
Um, but they were fine. That's not the problem. The problem is Teller has to. He has to steady the ladder. Mm -hmm. Has to steady the ladder. And they had short skirts on. Uh, and Teller said, it's really embarrassing for them to have yeah. me looking directly up their skirts or dress. I don't, I don't know. Whatever, yeah, yeah. And uh, he said, so try not to pick people. So you can't say, I need someone with a good memory, <laughs> watch to come on stage, who's also not wearing a short skirt. He's wearing pants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's tough. And then obviously from the seats, you can't tell what the, the lower half of their bodies are wearing when they yeah. raise their hands. It's hard. It's hard to. Oh, that's it's funny. It's, uh, I always thought, it's always the things you can't think about or the things you can't. But, you know, when we were doing a trick called suspension, mm -hmm. uh, where a woman is, is on stage, we float in the air. We were practicing it with my girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, oh, I, I, I can't pick a woman with a short skirt, right? And she said, no, women with short skirts know it. They, <laughs> they know they get dressed in a short skirt. Yeah. They're aware of that. Yeah. You don't, wear it every day. You, you don't need to think about it at all. They can think about it. So I'm trying to tell myself that, but I don't know if I don't know if it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I mean it's just so tough. But the bit went it. very well. People seemed to like it. Good. And uh we uh we got through. No gross embarrassment, no injuries, which is all we're going Everyone for. Everyone remember their card? Yes. Uh that becomes the whole bit. <laughs> the whole bit is getting to remember their card. Okay, good. And uh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did, um, we did uh, Ring of the Rose. Yeah. And uh, I created the line that is Zeke's favorite line in the whole show. What am I? High on LSD? <laughs> when I say that every night, Zeke just laughs. I realize. <laughs> what am I? High on LSD? Yeah. I want to. I got to come in and see this in, the, in action. I think it's a really good trick, and it's also, it's entertaining. Yeah, it's funny, and I think it might be a ball buster. Yeah, I think it might be a ball buster. We saw people's reaction; they were pretty flipped out. Yeah, it's a really good trick because I think originally how you wanted to do it is the way that I think everyone would think you'd do it. Mm -hmm. And then Hondro came in. Hondro came in and made that impossible. Hondro gave it. Hondro gave it the Hondro touch. Yeah. You By the way, our show in uh, in Spain, Talia. Uh, yeah, Teatro Talia. Um, Teatro Talia, June twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth. Yeah. Now we are two months away. Yeah. Two full months away. We are half sold. That's amazing. It will be sold out probably by the beginning of June. Yes. Hondro said, I wasn't scared before. Now I'm really scared. <laughs> he said, we may have a lot of people watching us do a shitty show. He said, two things are really funny. Yeah. One is a really skilled comedian. Two is incompetence. <laughs> and he said, I'm afraid we're going to go for the latter. <laughs> but I mean, it's not just it's going to be sold out. It's being sold out with, as far as we can tell, every magician in Europe. Yeah. Danny's coming. Ector's coming. Uh, Woody's coming. Yeah. Maybe Juan's coming. Um, they're coming in from France, from Italy. It's, it's going to be uh, quite a show. It's going to be awesome. And it is, it is incredible that you two are teaming up to do a show in Spanish. And Andro has said, you know, if you blank and you're having trouble... I'm just going to turn on you and rip you apart for the rest of the night. <laughs> and you know that'll be great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Me yeah. just taking it that I can't yeah, learn yeah, Spanish. You can't get through the sentence or whatever. Because you know, Hondro is really sweet. Hola, hola, hola. Yeah. And kind when he's, he's in English. Yeah. But have you ever watched videos of him in Spain? Just recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a ball buster. Yeah. He's, it's like Bobby Slayton. <laughs> he's like Rickles. Yeah. You know, but in English... He says, I have to be like that. I have to be nice in English because people can take me. In Spain, no one can take me. That's it. And uh, he even talks about the burden of uh, having um, something really funny pop in your mind in Spanish, but then you have to take the time to translate it and yeah. get it out. And so much of, of handling, heckling, or, or ball busting is speed. Yeah. You know, and so he has to just 
be nice so that he has time mm-hmm. to construct his sentences mm-hmm. and things but like that. Boy, you know my uh, my uh, Spanish tutor. Yeah, watched Tondro, and she said he doesn't talk to you that speed, does he? <laughs> she said he is the f- Spanish is one of the fastest languages, and Tondro is the fastest Spaniard. Oh. If you watch him on the anthill, yeah. drrr, you can't even really perceive that he's talking. It's just, uh, it's just incredible. Also, I, he, I follow him on Instagram. All these theaters and sp- they're gorgeous. He plays all these theaters that are just amazing looking uh, spaces. It's, it's got to be, it's going to be great. And uh, we are not bringing Nate along. Hondro says I'll take care of all the props. So I'm doing broken bottle juggling. Which is a 14 minute monologue. Yeah. I'm going to do it in Spanish. And what I'm going to do, 28 minutes now, I'm going to cut a lot of it. But for the really fast things, yeah. like you don't have to wait to a savannah somewhere in Northern Africa 150,000 years ago for this uh, uh, specific trait to be selected for. We're dealing with carbon based life forms, this is organic life. You know, at the earliest multicellular level, those organisms that grab onto fire and don't let go start going to jump into the gene pool with the same gusto of our real ancestors. <laughs> that hunk, I'm going to start it and then go. Hondro? <laughs> and then Hondro will come out and do that whole section in Spanish and then split. I think that'll be pretty funny. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really funny. I mean, it's going to be fascinating. It's gonna be a, I mean, it's going to be a blast. And I'm doing um, Neil Gunn, Pistola de Clavar, Clavos, Pistola de Clavos. I'm doing Neil Gunn in Spanish, and we are doing Misdirection. Nice. That's be our close. And uh, we are doing... Um, a donut. Yeah. And uh, uh, then we're doing, Hondro's doing the Battle of Wishes with me uh, as a punchline. Nice. And um, we're doing his pizza trick. And I'll be on stage for that. Hondro's bringing me on stage for most of his solo stuff. He said, just sit there and go, bali, bali, bali. Me gusta, me gusta. Bali, bali, bali. Bali, bali. Bali, bali. Bueno, bueno. Bali, bali. Yeah. And he said, the audience will laugh every time you say it. Yeah. So. I love, I mean, it's funny. I love that you're closing misdirection. As I've said many times, that your stuff is the closers for many other magicians' shows <laughs> that you guys have in the middle of your shows. And, uh, and that's definitely one of them. So that's great. That's really funny. Uh, and uh, Junkie is building the prop. Nice. Uh, Junkie is an incredible illusionist in Spain. Yeah. And one of Hondo's best friends. And he has a huge workshop, and he's an incredible craftsman and a wonderful performer. And Hondro says, I'm going over to Junkies today with my shopping list. We need this box. Penn needs this for the broken bottle juggling. He needs this for the nail gun. He needs this. And he said, Junkie will give it all. Are you you're building the, uh, a nail gun thing for there? We're taking, we're taking my nail gun over, but we're building the stand for it. Got it. I got it. It's fascinating. And then we're giving Hondro the trick, all the pad or everything. He'll be performing it after that. That's amazing. It'll be the Spanish franchise of Nail Gun. <laughs> That's incredible. That's gonna be so fun. I love, by the way, you just got you just got on, shoveled on your lap. N- not a season, but a season and a half of Fullness. Yeah. And then you're gonna go to Europe. You're gonna go to England for a sold out tour. Mm-hmm. And you thought, why not add another show? that I have to learn. And then I'm also doing a movie with, uh, with uh, uh, Adam Sandler <laughs> during that exact time. Really? I'll be flying in all those places and shooting in New York City with Adam Sandler. <laughs> We're working the schedule around my schedule. Holy cow. So there'll be one time that I will finish up the last day of Fool Us. I will wrap, go to the airport, take 18 hours to fly to Edinburgh, See Young and Moxie at Edinburgh. Yeah. Watch that show. I'm so proud of Moxie playing Edinburgh, mm-hmm. which I don't say right. Fuck you. I, did I say that right? <laughs> Fuck you. Is that pronounced properly? <laughs> Fuck you. Let me check Google. I said, I said Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Looks right. I said, Fuck you. Okay. Now, one of those is pronounced right, and that's the one you should listen to. I'm going to Edinburgh. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm going to be there four hours. Then I'm going to take 18 hours and fly back to New York City and go from the airport to the set to be in a movie with Adam Sandler. Oh, man. A serious how, movie. How many days are you doing with that? 
I have 10 days. 10 days? But 10 days interspersed with rehearsing Fool Us and everything else. So it's a big part. Yeah, big part. Wow. I have the opening scene. Oh, wow. I don't believe I'm allowed to say- I don't think you say else. anything more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't ben, think you ben should. Ben Affleck. What? No, 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 don't. Oh, don't say that. I don't say that. <laughs> ben Affleck, he's getting a lot of credit for learning Spanish. Yeah, he is. He is. Pisses me off. <laughs> um, but remember, he lived in Spain when he was 12 years old. He lived ben? in uh, Mexico, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was 12 years old. So he already had it, and he lives with Jennifer Lopez. Yes. And his daughter, and they speak Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I have to start gearing up. I've got to start finding people in Spain or in South America, a different person every day to talk to for an hour over Zoom. Yeah. Because I've got Hondro, and I've got Eduardo, and I've got uh, my tutor. I don't think that's enough. I need better... Better practice talking. You need more variables, mm -hmm. right? You need more more curveballs mm -hmm. so that when you're actually in Spain, you feel like you can do your own. I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified. Do you even know what you're doing in England? I feel like you're so focused on the Spanish show. Well, I don't know the show, no. <laughs> but I know we worked it out because, you know, the containers had to be shipped three weeks ago. Oh, okay. So we worked out all the material. The containers, I was almost said I packed up the container. But <laughs> I'll use the passive voice. The containers were packed. <laughs> and uh, there's set lists there. Yeah. You know, there's an intermission in, in uh, England. It's a must. You have to do it. So there's a long show. Well. It's a long, long show. Do you like intermissions? Uh, I used to love them because I used to go out and meet people. No, I don't think I am, so I probably don't love them as much. Right, right, right. We're not doing that many shows. We're playing three places, which I don't know, but one of them is London at the Hammersmith Apollo. It's on PennandTeller.com. Which is my favorite theater in the world to play. The Hammersmith Apollo makes me happy. Really? Because the Backstair Fire Escape is where the Beatles do Can't Buy Me Love. That's right. It is the location the Beatles played the most. The Clash played it a zillion times. Yeah. David Bowie shot Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars there. I hate to say this. There's a very famous Springsteen bootleg. <laughs> that is. It's, I think it's no longer even a I think it became a formal album. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But that was where he was upset and tearing, out, tearing down posters because the big uh, rollout, the European rollout was, is the world ready for Bruce Springsteen? Oh, dear. And he thought that was so arrogant, so he was ripping down his own posters. And it was a very famous food God, God forbid Springsteen should be arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he didn't want to look arrogant. Remember, there is a difference between those two things. Make those very, very, very clear. As a matter of fact, someone who's not arrogant might not be bothered by those because they wouldn't care how they look. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Is the world ready for Ready Rich wouldn't bother him. <laughs> yeah. Um, you sound so good. Yeah. The Hammersmith, the Apollo. I hear my voice in that room and I go, oh, so great. Which is crazy because you, Glenn regularly tries to make you know how awesome a particular venue is that you're playing and you regularly don't care. I never care. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's not another venue in the world that I've played that I care, except for one that was really strange, which is the Grand Old Opry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Apollo in New York. That must have been, because was it weird to even have you guys there at the Grand Old Opry? Uh, it was a corporate show. Ah. And they tore down the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. And took one, like, five-foot square of the Grand Old Opry stage yeah. and put it in the new stage. Yes. And it was the new stage. It was rented for a corporate show, but I stood on stage at the Grand Old Opry. <laughs> and that meant something to me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a very historic deal. Mm -hmm. And also because historic also for who they did and didn't let play there. Mm -hmm. So I also, uh, I also played Hank Williams' guitar oh. at, uh, at the Martin Factory in Nazareth. Pennsylvania. And that's where I found out the horrible truth about the weight by the band. You know, pulled into Nazareth. I was feeling about half past dead. Just need some place where I can lay my head. Right? Yeah. The weight. Right? Yeah. Take a load off Fanny. Yeah. Well, I pulled into Nazareth. Um, 
I'd always thought that was a biblical reverence. Reference need some place where I could lay my head was maybe Joseph and Mary mm-hmm. need, and the devil and all. It's Nazareth, Pennsylvania. It's just- and it was written when they went to the Martin factory. <laughs> but you know, Pennsylvania does weird shit there. They have Nazareth and they have Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. All those places in Pennsylvania yeah. just named after Israel. The yeah. Holy Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's where you can find some golden scrolls or something if you need something. Them. Something. That's probably where John Smith found uh, <laughs> found Mormonism when the original tribe of Israel was actually in Minnesota. What the fuck did he say? Oh, all kinds of shit. Because he he, he did two runs of it. Because he said it one place and they ran him out of there, mm-hmm. and then he went to another place. Like just kidding, it was over here mm-hmm. and started it again. So I don't know. I don't remember. Speaking of which, did I tell you the uh, big surprise maybe this year on Foolless? I'm not going to say it now. Well, on air we talked about Donnie. Oh, we talked about Donnie. Yeah. So that's not a surprise. (laughs) It's like we definitely went through it all. I ruin everything. No, I know. But but we we, we didn't want to corner him. We said it's possible that he might. Mm -hmm. I wrote him an email making a formal formal request and didn't hear back. Okay. So... (laughs) But Donnie, I don't think, is the kind of guy that would ghost somebody. No, and I'm also, it's a fascinating experiment. That guy is just a lifelong entertainer. Yeah. Whatever the time frame it is, it's not enough to, to be a master. No. Right? But I think you could give Danny uh, hop, Donnie Hippity Hop Rabbits and he'd be great. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, and then you just figure out, like, whatever those shortcomings are, whatever the weird spot. You know what are. I should do here? I should read the bit that was banned. That they, I went through the, the ideas for tricks that we wanted to do <laughs> oh, right. on Fool Us. And I said, these are the tricks. And I went through them all. And when I finished them, they said, you're not doing this one. I think that's fascinating. I think the listeners are curious They about said, this. you're not doing this one. So and this is the other thing I think listeners would be curious to know. You don't have full control over, over no. your tricks that you used to close. Here's the trick that I pitched to them. Mm-hmm. And they laughed. All of them laughed hysterically. And then said, you're not doing that. And I said, no, but I thought there might be. They said, no. I said, would you please at least run it by the network? They said, no. I said, come on, give me a break. It's it's our show. Hello and welcome to Magic with the Psychopaths. It turns out that trying to book celebrities who want to or even willing to learn magic is nearly impossible. You're never going to get Beyonce, so your show is going to be those lesser celebrities who will show up for anything. <laughs> Hello, Carrot Top. Carrot Top walks out. I say hi and say, thanks for being here, Carrot Top. Now go back to your show that runs every night in the strip here in Vegas. We also don't have a direct line to Beyonce or her manager or anyone who ever met her. But we are good friends with Satan. And he could deliver us any dead psychopath we wanted to learn magic and come on our show and perform it as part of the eternal punishment. So this week on Magic with the Psychopaths, we have Charlie Manson competing against Hitler. <laughs> now, these true monsters of history have been working all week to learn a magic routine. Let's see how they do here. Here's Charlie Manson with Hippity Hop Rabbits. Then I get my friend Damon. Who played yes. Charlie Manson? Yeah, on two shows. Two shows, and is fabulous. Yeah, and I would write the patter for Hippity Hop Rabbits only using things that Charlie Manson actually said. <laughs> really funny, right? Yes. And now, and now after after he finishes, yeah. And now Hitler with the sponge balls, and we would get a magician who's German, put a mustache on him, and have him do a sponge ball routine. Then we do a quick critique and then say, join us next week. We'll have Genghis Khan doing a dove routine against some mentalism from Tricky Dicky himself, Richard Nixon. (laughs) I finished that. They they laughed kind of just like you're laughing. They seemed to enjoy it very much. And they said, "Um, no, you're not going to do that. I said, no, no, but it's, um, it's, it's it's our show and we want to do it. And we wanted we want to do this, and they said no. Nope. I remember this pitch when Hondro was in town, and mm-hmm. we were going over over col- columns for the good, mm-hmm. and this was on the good column. Yeah, and I remember laughing, and I remember thinking, "I'm going to hate 
whatever CW wants to do to this trick to, to make this go, you know? Well, just for the record, yeah. CW did not say no. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Andrew said no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said the problem yeah. he anticipated was not just yeah. Manson and Hitler, <laughs> but the problem was also that he felt, and this shocked me, that it was kind of a cruel parody of Chris Angel. Wait, what? Yeah, isn't that weird? How so? Because it says at the beginning to get real stars to do magic is impossible, so you're going to end up with shitty stars. <laughs> <laughs> now who, I see Who it. don't do magic well. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. No. Chris Angel has a question. <laughs> Chris Angel has a question, yeah. When I put that bit on, Chris Angel would have a question. <laughs> He'd welcome me to Las Vegas for sure. Yeah. You would welcome me. Uh, <laughs> funny as I totally forgot about that element. Now, I have something to tell you that I'm very proud of. Mm -hmm. My game mm -hmm. that did with Exploding Kittens. Yes. Elon Lee. Uh, my game has been selected for the Toy Insider's Top Summer Toys Award. Really? And you supposedly, that's a big, hairy deal. When the Toy Insider's Top Summer Toys Award is awarded to your game, it means you are hot shit. Yeah. So, uh, you lying sack, available at Target? Everywhere now. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can get it on Amazon, get it everywhere. Uh, you lying sack, a fun game about lying. Yeah. It's all about lying. It is a fun game. For the full family. Have you played with your family yes. yet? You have. Yeah, yeah, My youngest had a little harder time, which is funny because he's the easiest liar of our household. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, we were having a blast with it. It's really fun. It, and I had, uh, I've had people come to the show, celebrities. Yeah. Who said how much they, uh, they loved it. Well, you think, you know, you think you're not an actor or whatever, but suddenly you're reaching into the sack, you have an acting technique. You know, holding things out. You have an acting technique. Suddenly, everyone becomes a very good actor. Yeah. It's very- And also, playing it with your family, yeah. you find out that people you thought were truthful are actually <laughs> such good liars that maybe you question them from then on. <laughs> it's meant to start a blood feud for sure. Mm -hmm. But it's called You Lying Sack, and it's at the Toy, in Toy Insider's a Top Summer Toys Award. Yeah. You know, when someone told me that, and then I had to have explained to me by Elon, uh, or that that's a really heavy thing. Yeah. Well, it's congratulations. A, it's a really good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll feel he good said, like, well, you feel good if you win. Will you feel as good as you did as you, when you won the like, caption contest in the week? No. No. <laughs> Nothing will ever make me feel as good as the caption contest in the week. <laughs> which is not really a caption contest, but the contest in the week. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, as Headline far as I contest. can tell, yeah. Almost no one cares that I won that. And I was delirious with joy. Yeah. And I, I'm just putting it this way. I would have been fine with posters in Europe saying, is the world ready for Penn Jillette, winner of the caption contest? Yeah. I, no. I would have. Uh, a year ago, I was part of the Guinness World Record uh, uh, for largest cotton candy sculpture. Mm-hmm. Cotton candy sculpture? Yeah. We made a cotton candy, uh, heaviest cotton candy sculpture. Mm-hmm. A lot of rules. It's Guinness. A lot of rules. And um, I was not prepared for how little people would ask me about it. That I would bring it up and people would just, not even words, just a nod would be enough to move the conversation to somewhere else. Just no one cares. <laughs> I care. When I saw my, and there's another weird thing. I don't know how many people read the week. Do you read the week? Uh, no. Teller reads it. I read it. A few of my friends read it. It's a really good um sucking up here to win again it's a really good um uh tells you the news of the week yeah from every source yes and every point and, and many points of view and they they dig around they tell you stuff then at the end they have a news story mm -hmm. and then they tell you what would a book or what would a self-help book be called based on this yeah what would the TV show be called? What's the movie called based on this? So they, they change it up a lot. They change it up to a lot of different ways. But either way, you're supposed to come up with some catchy title, phrase, mm -hmm. whatever for it's it. It's supposed to be funny. Yeah. And I won once. Yeah. I try every week. <laughs> um, and there is a female name, mm -hmm. traditional female name, from Greenfield, Massachusetts, my hometown, who wins so often, I notice... Really? Like, I believe she's won six times in the past year. 
Whoa. Six times. That's significant. Out of 52, out of 50, because they take two weeks off. Yeah. Out of 50, she's won six times. So more than 10% of the game she wins. I'm wondering who this is in my hometown. And why are they working for you? That gets that <laughs> and thinks so hard yeah. about this. And her, they're really good, too. She's very good. I'd be so curious to hear, like, their way to, like, strike or write it up differently and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like, what what are the filters they have for, like, what works and doesn't work for they the got, week? got their finger on the pulse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's how uh, Hondro yeah. started, writing jokes and sending them in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh. I think she's going to end up, maybe she'll be writing uh, for Ben and Teller soon. Before Twitter, you were allowed to do that for Weekend Update. You could, oh, you were? You could get on the list where you were allowed to just write and submit stuff for Weekend Update. But why'd that stop? Because uh, then everyone started accusing people of stealing everything off oh, of Twitter. And you couldn't possibly check it. It's so hard to, you know, so the, the, when you find out, what Twitter turns out is that there's a lot more gifted comedy writers than we thought. Right. Or at least thinking the same exact thing off of... Uh, I remember I wrote a, a early early days. I wrote a joke about the wall with Trump or whatever. And did it get up? Did it get on Sunday Night Live? Well, no. The exact same joke got made by Jimmy Fallon, and all of a sudden, people on Twitter were like, "You stole it!" And I was like, "No one, no, I'm, no, no Fallon writer follows me on Twitter and stole my joke. It's a very <laughs> obvious joke. We're gonna get there." And I think that's what that's what social media has made us come to grips with, right? We're like that. Someone's going to think of this eventually. And also, it's made us come to grips with the fact that we should shoot anybody that comes near us. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We should shoot anybody that comes near us. And we should slash shouldn't slash definitely should, and maybe at the end of the day, not care about blue check marks. Right. That's what we figured out. <laughs> and that was Ben Sunday School. That was Ben Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. And You become naked. The world ready for Bruce Springsteen. I'm so humble. Get some camera crews in here. I'll be tearing down those posters. Show that I am the most humble person in the world. By the way, there's no reason to trash me, Space. I have no idea that's true. <laughs> anyway, we love you. You ever to thank there on that? Dog? Yes. Is the world ready for Paul McBride, Scooped Mids, Jim the Magician, who would love to perform the new Penn and Teller block trick naked, wink, Stephen Volcano, Danny Olwine, Alexander Hoffman, Jesse Miller, hey, Penn, Chris Angel has a question, Jeremiah Jenkins, Joe Mastrangelo, Dr. Scoop Little, Michael Cohen, Kristen Kledick, Winter Ryakowski, Jeremy R. 2022, Obi Dimitrian Jr. How many minds could a mind noodler mind if a mind noodler could noodle minds? Love, Tom and JL. Speaking of which, go to mindnoodler.com and check out my new dates there. And uh, Robin Garnett and Corey Mitchell, thank you so much. Thank you. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.